Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Taping this the night before Father's Day, so that pretty much means I get to sleep in. Yeah, you're counting down. It's like two hours and 15 minutes till it's your day only. My day. And expect not to see me. (laughs) You're just going to quarantine. The whole day. (laughs) You're on your own. All right. Well, we'll get the chocolate croissants for ourselves then. That's right. I've had enough chocolate croissants this week. I've been... um, I've been watching the kids pretty much. We'll get into this in a second, but I've been watching the kids for the whole week. Full dad. And I've a full dad, a full dad bod is what I'm going for. You right do now. not have I it. I do. I'm eating crackers, pretzels, anything carbohydrate related. I'm eating it. You're here snacking. Meanwhile, I'm so stressed. I'm not like eating a thing. So just wasting away over here. Yeah, well. From stress. What's and that nursery rhyme about the... <laughs> Jack Splat, <laughs> eating no fat, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jack Spratt, I believe it is. I don't know what it is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 37. That was a great year. Episode 37 of The Long Finish. Thanks to everybody for continuing to listen to the show. Got a really fun episode this week. We're going to do a couple things. We're going to talk about the reopening of Esther's. We're going to talk about a cool new one that Catherine's brought in for the opening. And, of course, talk a little bit about our family, but um, just wanted to check in. I haven't seen you since you are in the process of reopening Esther's. So what's going on? How are you? Oh, nice to see you. Yes. It is. It is nice to see you. I'm good. You know, it's been a crazy week and it's about to enter another crazy week because we're taping this Saturday night and Esther's is reopening for dine-in business on Tuesday. And so that takes a lot of prep for an opening. I mean, yes, it's a reopening, so we're not like doing everything from scratch, but we have different layout we have a lot of different procedures it's a it's been a lot of work yeah and i want to get into this a little bit more because i'm sure a lot of people out there are interested in the protocols we're taking or any restaurant is taking to reopen and just thoughts from inside the business but let's go ahead and talk about what the wine is that we're going to enjoy tonight and why we're excited about presenting this wine to our audience i am really excited about this and i have to be honest it is a wine Because it is made from grapes, but it's different than a regular wine. This is called Piquette. And Piquette is made from grape skins that have already been pressed and the leftover jus that's in them and water. And so it's a lower alcohol, essentially frugal farmer fizz, if you will something different. I am so excited to try this. This is from Troon Vineyard in Applegate Valley in Oregon, and it's a spritzy piquette, vintage 2019 from Kubli Bench Vineyard. Really excited about Troon Vineyard. I am enjoying this wine, and I like what we've done to it. Just a small tweaking in the sort of brunch early afternoon variety, which we'll get into in a second, but I've got a comp for it. I've been thinking about this. So we'll get into that later, but let's go ahead and recap quickly our week uh, and talk a little bit about the reopening of Esther's and where you are in the process. So as I said earlier, I've been watching the kids. Our domestic engineer, Brando, wasn't available this week, so I was pulling off all the days and I'm tired. It reminds me of the beginning of, of quarantine. 
when we were running like uh, you know doing everything ourselves yeah and here we are on this saturday where it's like the last day and i'm just i was at my wits end so excited to have our domestic engineer brando come back on monday and have a little bit of a semblance of of life again but i know that i'm doing this because you are spending so much time over at esther's and i think everyone wants to know including myself since i can't be there where are you in the process of reopening and let's talk a little bit about the layout and the protocols that you're taking to ensure safety not only for the guests but for the staff like we're thinking about the staff as much as we are if anything Absolutely. So we're supposed to be, I believe, because I'm getting all these protocols just slightly mixed up in my head. But when I look at it on paper, I definitely know what I'm doing. Um, 60% capacity for inside. When you say inside, you mean the entire restaurant, correct? No, inside. I mean, not the patio. Okay. So inside the restaurant, we had probably 45 seats that's 45 humans that we can seat inside. And now we will be able to seat 12 humans inside, three tables of four. And then our total capacity for the whole restaurant, so that includes patio, was around 93. So the rest of that was outside, you know? And we've extended our patio, not just from where it is now, but we got permission from our landlord and the city of Santa Monica to use the driveway next to the patio. We made it real cute with lots of plants and new lights that are going to be hanging there and some tables that we borrowed from Casilla and we put that like cute little couch there. It's very like urban winery chic little area. I thought it was very cute. It looks super cute, but it's very socially distant. So outside we can seat 41 people. So we have a total of 53 seats in the restaurant and it used to be like around 95, I think, that we could seat. But now, you know, most of those are outside and they're all socially distant. So what's required is that every table is six feet apart. I mean, you even measured this off. Well, heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, you go around with a tape measure and you're setting up tables and you're putting tape down like this has to be here and this has to be here and this can't be a four top. This has to be a two top because this person can't sit there and be socially distant from the other table. You know, you have to be aware of the chairs as well. And there's rules on that. But the idea is, you know, when guests come in, they're wearing their masks and they are required to wear their masks. We're in the state of California, required to wear their masks when they're not at their table. So entering the restaurant, there's going to be a pathway that we've marked out with tape of where to walk, where is safe. And then once you're at your table, you don't have to wear your mask because obviously, you know, you're going to enjoy yourself eating and drinking. That's the whole idea of going to a restaurant. And so you are safely six feet from other people. That's the idea. And then servers and Anyone who comes to your table has to be wearing a mask and a face shield so that they are protected from you not wearing a mask at your table. We don't seat incomplete parties. That's another thing. We don't seat parties of more than six people. That's another thing. And all of this is dictated by the Department of Health. So it's kind of a no-brainer. It's like we are just following the policy. But our restaurant group, the Rustic Canyon family... The whole executive team spent weeks writing a 35-page COVID handbook on what to do in situations. What to do with employees, what to do with guests, how to be safe this way, how to treat people when they do this or that or what happens, and how to do employee safety checks and health checks. And So we're just 
being as safe and prepared as we possibly can. And I can't tell you, I am so grateful. (laughs) My goodness, I am so grateful we are part of a restaurant group that has the human beings that have the thought to put that kind of thing together and help us all, you know, have guidelines to work towards. I mean, we got the city as well, but it's really helpful. The LA Times did a report that the health department visited 2,000 restaurants in the LA area, LA County last week, and 50% were not complying with these guidelines. So I know how much you care about it. And so it's interesting and great to hear about all the steps that people are taking. And I mean, I, I haven't been, to be completely honest, I haven't been to Esther's to watch this, you know, 2.0 version. But I hear you come home at night and tell me about the six feet. I saw pictures of the breezeway, the driveway, which we're putting some seats in. It's kind of, it's, it's, I'm excited about the look. You know, I love outdoor alfresco, you know, drinking and dining. So the more of that, the better. So are there some subtle changes to Esther's that we're going to look forward to in the coming weeks? Yeah. So we we invited a lot, the majority of our staff to come back, everyone that we could provide hours for. Last night, the front of house came and back house is coming, I believe, Monday. But they're coming, you know, just to learn about all these new safety procedures and policy. Oh, here's another thing. You can't re-pour at the table. So like once you set the water down or once you set the wine down, you can't come back and refill. I mean, those are other little, little rules. I'm glad you brought this up. So, you know, as soon as, as soon as someone buys a bottle of wine, it's up to the guests to then pour the rest of that wine. Well, we pour the first pour. Right. And then they have to pour it out. And same with water. We're going to let the bottle sit there and then they refill as they will. Is that something that the staff has been trained to articulate to the guests? Yeah, exactly. I mean- The whole idea is for the staff to educate the guests. Like, here's how service is going to go. I'm wearing a mask. I got a face shield. It's a little different, you know? What I'm going to do is set water down. You guys pour at your will. When you ordered wine, I'm going to bring it to you. I will pour pour the first glass and then you guys can pour the rest. I'm not going to like come back to your table when it's unnecessary, just for all of our safety. So I'll probably be here a little bit less, but I'm around. And all of this, let me tell you, they just have to... (laughs) basically scream at the top of their lungs because it's so hard to hear someone. I mean, that is, for me, the basic. I have horrible hearing, probably because... From all the years you worked at Russell Canyon, which is Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. I've worked in restaurants a long time and also just genetic, but I have very poor hearing. So the fact that someone's going to be wearing a face mask and trying to understand my order and they're going to be explaining stuff to me... That's a challenge. And there's music. You know, that's really a challenge. So we're just going to have to find a way to balance all that and and have a new wave of service. And I just ask our staff and our guests to just be patient and know that we are trying to make an amazing, super safe experience for you. I think that's the key. You and I have a joke where no person in the service industry likes to get the finger snap or the wave over. Right. <laughs> No but one likes that move. It's coming back. But now we, we actually are <laughs> encouraging that because it's the only way we're going to know well, that you need some help. That's Actually, that's not true okay. because once- <laughs> I haven't been there, so I don't know. Well, no, because once guests are at their table, they don't have to wear a mask. So we can hear them. Okay. okay. They just can't yeah. hear us. 
Makes sense. You're right. You have to yell through a face shield and a face mask. Yeah. So you got to work from the diaphragm. All that MFA training that you had. Exactly. In grad school. Yes. But I think, you know, in the next six months, somebody is going to invent something where you can just speak into a little microphone and then like word bubbles, like in a cartoon, pop up next to you. And so people can just read it. We need a vaccine. If there's a priority... To the creations, it's uh, vaccine first, then a word bubble machine. I like the word bubble. At home. Um, I think it sounds cool. Very cool. So we talk about the protocols. As a person, like I said, who hasn't been a part of the meetings, I've been to some places. I've been to farmers markets every week. I've been to a couple different restaurants to pick up stuff. And I think just the more clearly the staff can articulate the rules of the game for that restaurant, the better off everyone will be. And you also have to like just need to offer genuine hospitality and sometimes people might forget you know they might get up from their table and want to go to the restroom and forget and you need to like be gentle in that moment and not be you know rude to someone some people are going to like fight the rule but some people are just genuinely trying to have a nice evening and might forget and I think that that's the part that we need to remember is that we're still giving hospitality we're still offering generosity and patience and like want to provide a fun experience for people and so giving them the benefit of the doubt and people may not have been out in three months we've been to the grocery store or you know CVS but we haven't been out to eat you know they don't know what to expect either and it's important to just be be gentle. I completely agree, but as I alluded to earlier, there are some fun surprises in store at Esther's. A couple of the new things that you are implementing. We have a fun, super fun new by the glass list. 40 wines by the glass. I'm so excited. It basically, it's like during quarantine, you know, maybe people are drinking a glass of wine or two in their homes at night. It's like one one wine, you know, but if you want to go out, wouldn't it be fun to like try different wines and have all these opportunities? I mean, that's what I was thinking would be fun. So like, let's have 40 wines by the glass and be able to try different things. So we have that. Jameson, our bar lead, bar manager, created a whole new cocktail menu. So totally fun new summer cocktails. And Jessica, our chef, created some fun new dishes for summer. And the menu is just light and simple. And the by the last list is robust. So if you want to come with a friend or your family or your loved one for a quick 40 minute drink and snack so easy to do and if you want to come for a little bit leisurely dinner just you know an hour and a half and have some great bites and our classic grilled cheese you can do it and you're also bringing a bunch of new wines i know too yeah i mean i've been bringing new wines all summer a little bit you know that's been fun for you it's been fun for me and it's like it's fun for our regulars too like they know that my thing is if i walk by the fridge and there isn't something new and fun for me to try that i'm not doing my job that's not esther's and so the wine list has to be that way all the time for by the glass or for the store too but i think it's especially important now well, as you just said, the bringing in of new wines is very important to you. And the wine that we're drinking tonight is a new wine for Esther's. Yeah. So everyone, that's our 
preview to Esther's quarantine edition or uh, Esther's, I don't know, COVID edition. Hopefully we'll do an episode next week where we'll kind of recap the first week of how it's gone and tell some stories from that. But let's go ahead and transition to the wine that we're drinking tonight. And if it's okay with you, I actually think we eschew the tasting notes for tonight on this particular wine. Oh, yeah. No. And just talk about what it is. is, Exactly. So this is, like I said, it's a wine, but it's kind of in its own category. So again, the the wine that we're drinking tonight is Troon Vineyard in Applegate Valley, Oregon. And we're drinking the Piquette with an exclamation point. The Method Ancestral Vintage 2019 from Kubli Bench. So I just discovered Troon Vineyard and my friend and importer and distributor, James Endicott turned me on to Troon, who was new to him too. They are such a cool winery in Applegate Valley. They are organic, they are biodynamic, and they call themselves regenerative. And they're a small farm. They have insane amounts of biodiversity. They're making all kinds of different wines. We also have an orange wine or skin contact wine from them on the list at Esther's now because I'm so excited about Troon. And this wine is also so in the vein of eco-friendly permaculture using waste. This is just it is frugal farmer fizz, as they say. It's Piquette. And Piquette has been around for hundreds of years. So what it is, as I said before, once you make wine with your white grapes and some rosé grapes, you still have the skins left over that haven't been macerated and super pressed like you do for your red wines. And they still have a little bit of juice in them. So you add water to that and then you let that ferment. While it's fermenting, you put it in a bottle and put a crown cap on it like a beer cap. So it ends up being a lower alcohol wine-ish wine, kind of in the style of Petnat. So method ancestral, the ancestral method, the oldest way of making sparkling wine, which is just grapes plus yeast equals alcohol, CO2 and heat. That's it. So the difference is from a regular grape variety, this is a complete blend of unknown grape varieties. And it's not the pure juice of those grape varieties. It's a lot of the skins. And we're not doing a tasting tonight because I don't really think that this is the right beverage for a traditional tasting. It's a perfect picnic wine or it's a perfect wine to make a spritz for a brunch. The wine itself, the beverage itself is low alcohol. It's 10.4% alcohol. It's slightly fizzy and it has some fruit notes, but it's quite bitter, which makes a lot of sense because it's mostly made from grape skins and not a lot of the, not as much of the juice. It's mostly like skins and water. So we made fun spritzes tonight. We added some fresh orange juice, a little bit of tonic, a little ice. It's like so refreshing. It is the 4 p.m. drink or the 10 a.m. drink. <laughs> or the 10 p.m. You're, drink if you're drinking right now. Or the 10 p.m. drink. It's just fun to have a you know, a fun spirit. You could totally enjoy this right out of the bottle. But we were experimenting with it because it's a wine and then it's not a wine. You know, I guess that's kind of a debatable thing here's a comp that i have for it it really has it's like an aperol spritz but like uh with a splash of campari in it because you get that like the bitterness also we put the orange slice in it has like almost like 
a spritzy Negroni thing mm-hmm. happening. So I totally get if that. That's something that you're into. Think about that when you buy the piquette. We could have a lot of fun with this. Yeah. You know, sometimes Catherine comes says like, I'm a little tired of wine. I'm a little tired of wine. But then you bring in something like this, which is still wine, but it's it's got some malleability to it. It's playful. You can have some real variety uh, with what you're drinking. Absolutely. I love that. And the other thing that was new-ish to me with this wine and Troon Vineyard is Applegate Valley in Oregon. Of course, I know Applegate Valley. I studied it, passed my SOM test, but I hardly ever see wines from there. It's insane. Southern Oregon, four hours south of Portland. It's close to the California border, close to Ashland, and it's completely different than the Willamette Valley. Yes, it's surrounded by mountains, but it's warm and it's dry. So different things grow there. I really didn't know that much about it at all. And apparently Troon Vineyard is one of the most popular vineyards there. Would be a great place to for us to visit. And from the pictures I saw as I was learning about this, it looks absolutely gorgeous. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. I'm ready to go right now. Can I ask you about Piquette? When did you first hear about Piquette? Is this the only vineyard company doing it? Who else is doing it? How do we learn more about this this style? Or what is it? Is it a style? It, what is Piquette? Yeah, it's yeah. a style. Yeah. And no, this isn't the first Piquette I've had. The first Piquette I had was from, I believe... The name of the winery is Old Westminster, and they're in Maryland. And they make a piquette also. But they make it from grape skins, water, and verjus. And verjus is the juice from underripe grapes. And so I have had that too, and I liked that a lot. This is the only one, the only other one I've had. But I think it is like, I think it might be the next thing. Just because... Pat Nat is such a fun thing. People love that slightly fizzy, very afternoon, picnic-y type of wine. It's naturally made. And the whole idea with Piquette is that you're using product that would just be like thrown away or at this vineyard would be compost. It's like the equivalent of nose to tail cooking, right? right? What can I make out of the scraps? Yeah. Exactly. The leftovers. You know, now normally, let me just say, in life, I'm not a leftover lover. Heard this. um, But I am the recycle queen and very into composting. So I got to like the piquette. Well, just so the listeners know, we did talk about Verjou. We've actually had a Verjou on the show, episode 19, with Stevie Stacionis and Josiah Baldovino. So check out that episode if you want to hear more about Verjou. Piquette. You've heard it here first, folks. The predictions that Catherine had at the beginning of the year was dark darker, rose, darker colored roses. And let's say, let me tell you, I've got some on the menu. Some for on the menu for the opening of Esther's. More accessible vintage wines. Mm. Yeah. Working on that one. I don't know. 2020 has thrown me for a loop. That's fair. There. That is completely <laughs> fair. We had this conversation at the beginning <laughs> of January. We did not know what we were going to get into in 2020 but now you're saying you think piquette could be a thing so if you're into trends if you're a listener out there who's into trends and listen and is into i want to try something that could be on the forefront i think piquette Piquette. is it and and let me let me say if i were going to do like a mid-year prediction because it's june now i'd probably say that the next thing is going to be other alcoholic beverages from different fruits like cider 
or maybe a sparkling wine from other fruits, you know, leftover bruised fruits, that kind of thing. I think there will be more fun natural alcoholic beverages made from other things. Well, let's talk about a couple questions I always ask each week. The first question I'll ask is food pairings. Oh, man. I mean, just this is sandwich. This is brunch material. This is like frittata. This is egg sandwich. This is picnic in the park with simple sandwiches and the other stuff for spritzes. It's just like easy, everyday daytime foods. Anything. And now... The second question, which is, if you're not in a major metropolitan city, you're not in Santa Monica, how do we advise our listeners to go out and find a piquette at their local wine store? Well, as I mentioned, Old Westminster Winery in Westminster, Maryland, is making a rock star piquette and other awesome, fun wines. So if you're on the East Coast, that would be a great winery to check out. And I know you can order from them directly, which is cool. And then... On the West Coast, you can come to Esther's and try this piquette, or you can order directly from Troon Vineyard. Of course, I'm never going to not recommend supporting your local wine store or supporting Esther's. But as I said last week, if necessary, go to the winery website and order directly there. This is a lot of fun, especially, you know, we're heading into the summertime. I do see more people going to the beach. There is a July 4th coming up i don't know what july 4th is going to look like this year it's going to look like us working at esther's yeah that's true well you will be and i'll be watching the kids (laughs) and i think it falls on a saturday this year i'm not sure yep so i'll be watching the two kids and i'll be having a little piquette in the morning yeah that's how i'll do it so go out there and find yourselves a bottle of piquette and let us know what you think hit us up at the long finish on instagram or tlf pod on twitter and let's talk about piquette All right, now we've come to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go ahead and go first. We're still fully entrenched with a revolution happening in the world. I want to shout out an organization that has really taught me a lot the past month or so. This is People's City Council in L.A., I fully believe the movement. I fully believe what they're into. They led us to the the protests that Catherine and I went to a few weeks ago in conjunction with Black Lives Matter LA. I know they work closely with Black Lives Matter LA. The reason I like them so much is because they keep you super informed with the local politics. I think this is something that I've learned I have a blind spot in, which is local politics. They're talking to us about city council members, district attorneys, They've just been doing this for a lot longer than I've been, frankly, thinking about it. And it's really impressive to watch the organization that they have behind their movement. They decided to do a tweet storm about, a, I don't know, three weeks ago. And they sent us all a packet if we were subscribers or, or members or whatever, or just followers. And they sent us a tool, like a, like a social media toolkit, complete with graphs, information, data, tweets, with which to tweet out. And I just thought it was really well done. It was, and again, they've been doing this for years. And they're a big part of defund the police. And I know it's a conversation a lot of people across America have been having about what defund the police means. I'm not going to get into that here, but I just want to say, like, if you're looking for someone to help you move closer to putting things out there in thoughtful ways or learn from people, people's city council, social media, Instagram, and Twitter are a great resource. So check that out. That's what I'm inspired by this week. Catherine, what do you have? That's super cool. I'm inspired by you talking about it right now. And you mentioned it earlier in the week, but like really cool. I got to get on that. Should. What do you have? I am really inspired this week 
by all of our staff who are coming back to work at Esther's. You know, it's a brave new world right now. There's a lot of new stuff and it's kind of scary and it's all different. And in some ways it doesn't feel like the industry that people signed up for, but in a lot of ways it is the industry. You know, our job is giving pleasure and making people happy for a minute in their lives to enjoy food and beverage. We're still doing that. But the courage to come back to work and just say, yeah, I got this. Let's do it. That's really inspiring to me. Like, yay. A bunch of our staff came back for a staff training last night and there was, you know, I felt like a mood in the air when they first arrived. And then by the end of the night, people were more engaged and asking questions and feeling involved and I just think the pandemic has been so heavy on people. So seeing old faces again, seeing friends again, and committing to doing something together is uplifting. And we're just going to do it the safest way we possibly can. That's all we got. Yeah, I just want to add, I know how confusing it feels like right now and anxious it feels like to be opening restaurants and bars at a time where LA in particular has coronavirus cases rising. Not much has changed from where we are in March, where we, where we shut down. Absolutely. So there is a no. lot of anxiety and some fear. But I will tell you this, if you know, you're looking to, to actually dip your toe back into restaurants, I know a lot of people are not comfortable yet. With our particular group, and you and I, you know, especially, we've thought long and hard about this. You're out there. You're going to be on the floor. Yeah. So I want you to be safe too. So we're taking all the precautions that we need to do to make this as safe as we possibly can and still make this a fun getaway experience from the from the daily grind. So if you're looking to, you know, like I said, dip a toe and back into the restaurant space, have a glass of wine, hope to think about Esther's and hopefully bring us a little bit of fun to your day or your week. All right, that's it. Episode 37 is in the books. Thank you again to everyone for continuing to listen to The Long Finish. Hope to have more episodes in store for you this summer. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Facebook. And The Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram and Facebook. You can find The Long Finish on Twitter at TLFpod. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. As I said, thank you again to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. If you chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean the world to Catherine and I. We really love that. Thank you so much to everyone who's done that. There's been a couple of reviews that have come in in the past week or two. We appreciate those so much. It really does give us a little wind in our sails to hear you all talk about our show. So thank you. Till then, everybody go out and have a great back end of June. Hope it brings you a lot of money, joy, and happiness. Be healthy, be Find happy. Find something to give you joy. Exactly. Find some piquette. Find some piquette. So uh, practice safe distancing. Be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.